Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have special guest Darian Somerville with us. He is the founder of the Moravian Watch and uh, the founder of City Servants Church as well in Northern Virginia. Excited to have him with us today. Uh, Before we dive into the podcast, if you're new here, thank you for tuning in. We exist to equip present center communities to worship and pray night and day. And so we are going after communities like Houses of Prayer, Burn 24-7 Furnaces, Praying Churches in Groups. And if you're a part of those communities and you're encouraged or helped by this podcast, please share it with your community, share it with your friends and family uh, so that the prayer movement can grow. And any way that you can like things or comment or give a thumbs up on YouTube or give us an iTunes review, anything like that will help this podcast go further and strengthen the prayer movement. Uh, Subscribe, please, if you haven't yet done that. Uh, You can go to our website at presencepioneers.org and you can get all the previous episodes and all the options to subscribe. I would suggest the email subscription, uh, but you can also just subscribe in your podcast app as well. So thank you so much for tracking with us and sharing the episodes and giving us the positive feedback. Really appreciate that. Well, welcome to the podcast, Darian. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Matt. So you are the uh, founder of the Moravian Watch. Uh, You're also a pastor. You're a worship leader. Uh, It's great to have you with us today. I'd love to spend some time today talking about the Moravian Watch and how there's people connecting through video conferencing to pray through the night hours all over America and even beyond. That's That's a really fascinating idea that people would even do that. Uh, and I, honestly, it's a little bit weird. And so my <laughs> my question is, tell us about Darian Somerville. How did you get to where you are now, to where you are connecting people online to pray through the night? Give us a little bit of your journey uh, uh, leading up to Moravian Watch on who you are, since a lot of people who listen to this may not know who you are. Yeah, well, you know, I'm originally from um, from Michigan, and so I grew up right, out, right outside of Detroit. Uh, I was a um, uh, an exceptional basketball player, and I grew up with nine cousins who were also uh, a very exceptional basketball player. Nine of us earned athletic scholarships. Three of two of them went on to go to play in the NFL. My wow. twin brother, I have a twin brother. We were the forerunners out of our generation, and so. Um, you know, I played basketball, and really, uh, college, to be quite frank, was a uh, was a place of darkness. Uh, although I excelled in sports, and it was in college um, where I had an encounter with God at a party, uh, and uh, I got in heavily involved into um, at that time of the encounter, heavily heavily involved uh, uh, in the drug game. Began to uh, you know to sell drugs and across all of the, across Milwaukee, Detroit, Chicago, and at a party in Chicago while fleeing, uh, after being arrested, uh, the Lord, uh, I heard the audible voice of God. Now this is in 1996. This is probably before your generation thought it was cool, uh, to, uh, uh, 
use these terms that right. we're hearing so so very um, casually now. And I didn't have a reference point for that at that point, but I had a, uh, I heard the, the audible voice of God. And that night, my life changed. And I uh, moved back to Virginia. We uh, had, had, my parents had moved from Michigan to Virginia during that time, and I got plugged into a church. Always had a gift to play music. Uh, and, um, and I knew God was wanting to do something with worship. And, uh, and so um, I ended up marrying, marrying into, uh, marrying an amazing woman. By the way, I've been married. I just celebrated my 20th wedding anniversary, January. Congratulations. 20th. That's great. 20 years. And I have four beautiful kids. Awesome. But, uh, but uh, I began to uh, grow in worship and got connected to my, my brother-in-law, who was the right-hand man. I don't know what that is. Who's the right hand man to uh, a man by the name of Bishop Wellington Boom, who was uh, a part of the Promise Keepers at that time. And he would have national leaders come and come and go. And um, it was there where uh, we would do these campus ministries. I got plugged into a campus ministry. My brother was the national director, my brother in law. And I met him, uh, it was at one of those campus rallies, uh, conferences, that I met Lou Engel. This is in 2002. Okay. And um, I won't go into all of the details, but our paths would intersect in a very strategic way over, the, over that time frame, 2002, 2003, four, five. And um, it got to a point where I, got, I used to start doing gatherings with Lou Engel and, um, you know, uh, uh, the doors of worship begin to open. I began to equip singers and musicians. I, I got it connected with Stuart Greaves. In 2010, we did a gathering in, um, in Atlanta, Georgia. It was uh, called 818 The Sign. I got connected with a movement that was birthed called 818 The Sign with Will uh, Ford. John. At that time, the Haviland Brown was her name. She married Will Ford and J Jonathan Tremaine Thomas were the two leaders. Yes. And uh, at that point, that's when I first saw other African-Americans who were just as zealous, just as passionate for me with that I was in worship and prayer. I had been praying for years that the Lord would connect me with the community of not just uh, those in the white community, my white brothers and sisters, but where are the hungry, you know, set apart, uh, uh, you know, uh, worship leaders, artisans within the black community that were holy. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I know there's a background noise. I don't know what that is, but do you hear that? I, I don't hear it on my end. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Um, it's okay. We'll, we'll keep going. There's nobody in my house, so. <laughs> okay. I think the audio, yeah, the audio seems is clear on my end, so I think, it, okay. I think the recording will turn out okay. Okay. So um, speeding up, man, um, I got a call in 2000, 2011, really, right after the 818 Assigned Gathering in Atlanta from Lou Engel uh, to lead worship at the Call Detroit. So I said yes, <laughs> of course. 
Sure. Uh, but, then I, but then I got another call. After that call, he calls me back and says, Darian, uh, you know, uh, not only do I, do I want you to come and lead worship, but he says, uh, would you come and give leadership to the call? And he, he makes a statement. He says, hey, you might have to quit your job. At that time, I was working for Verizon Corporation and I was working in the marketplace. I was being fast tracked up uh, to do uh, amazing things with Verizon Corporation. Yeah. Uh, and the short and long of it is I uh, turned in my resignation, Matthew, and I moved into Detroit City, which is I had dreams of doing something major in my state. I couldn't believe it was the call was coming to Detroit. And the significant thing that's important for this podcast that made the call Detroit different from all of the rest of the calls was that it would be a 24 hour uh, night watch. Mm. Uh, and that intrigued me. Uh, and I, I just began asking God, what, what is this all about? And so after 40 days, we, we lived in a, and at that time it was the number one murder zip code in the nation, Detroit Southwest. We, we, we uh, were at a renovated school in Detroit, Michigan during the winter months. We slept on air mattresses. We prayed from 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. Mm. We had another team to pray from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Okay. And we would wake up in Lou Engle with, you know, many oftentimes we would wake up in the middle of the night and he would be in the auditorium praying by himself. And so it's interesting that, you know, with all of the racial, not to preach, but with all of the, the racial things that goes on, I've been with Lou at many different places. Oh, Lou doesn't have a heart for the African-American community, but I've seen a man raise a million dollars for a 24-hour prayer meeting, meeting yeah. in a city that's 87% African-American and crying re real tears, travailing, yeah in an auditorium by himself many a nights. We would then have these dream streams, the, the team and this other team that met in Dearborn that prayed from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. We would meet with them. Uh, our team prayed from 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. on a mile in Detroit City called Eight Mile Road at, at, in the morning. And we would unite the leaders from all across the state of Michigan. Yeah. And then our uh, assignments, was that in the nighttime, we would go and serve all of the ministries and the churches in the city of Detroit. And so that was all being done uh, while we were fasting for 40 days. All right. And this all culminated with the 24-hour night watch. And Matthew, that was the beginning. That was, well, those were the earmarks, really, of me being I didn't know it at the time, introduced and thrust into a real call to be a watchman in this nation. And then not only that, uh, you know, I already had the evidence on my life of laying down my life, laying down my you know, career. Uh, and, so I, and so that led us, I believe, um, that, that opened up my heart basically to seeing what the God, was, God was wanting me to, uh, to really begin to pray and to take my position and the authority that God had given me to take it to another level. And so when I returned back from Detroit, I did these watch meetings for three straight years at my church, Harp and Bowl gatherings. And um, I'll end it here and we can pick back up to how I got the, uh, that was the preliminary right. to 
basically the Lord warming my heart up to why it's important to pray. When I saw 30,000 people up at night in the stadium of Detroit praying, uh, I knew God was doing something. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think that the first time I recall maybe meeting you was sometime 2013, 14, somewhere around there. So this would have been a year or two after the, the, the Detroit three gathering. Three years, excuse me. Three years, yes, after the call gap. And I remember there was this watch story that was stirring that was pretty fresh at the time when yeah. I first met you. So let's pick up there maybe. Give, sure. give, us, give us the watch story and, and how this Moravian watch ministry was birthed. Well, after the if call, you, Detroit, if you can summarize a little bit. But I wanted you to give I wanted to give you the real genesis of my heart uh, being called as a watchman. It happened yes. at the call of Detroit. And so what happens after that is honestly, um, uh, I went into a season of fasting. I didn't know it. I changed my diet 2013. And uh, and so you know, I begin to have these dreams. Well, what also happens after after the call of Detroit, I begin to get invitations to come preach all around the country. After never have getting gotten any invitations to preach, and I go to Newport News, Virginia, to a to a uh, a gathering. I think Catherine Mullins. It, it was it was it was like the first one that I had gotten, and I had just moved from Atlanta to Virginia at this point. Okay, uh, and so. Um, you know, I get an invitation. They didn't tell me it was a house of prayer called Livingstone House of Prayer. They didn't tell me that it was going to be on a, on a monastery where nuns had been praying for 40 years. And I remember being in this room the first night, uh, a prophetic man was speaking, Benjamin, I think Benjamin Atkinson. And I remember him speaking on. He, we, we ha we've had bid on the podcast before. so. Oh, OK. Well, there, you yeah. already know then. Yeah. And I remember him preaching on, on, it was so outrageous to me in my paradigm about the Prince of Persia. And I just thought, man, these people are going to think this guy is crazy. And uh, I remember the next night I go to sleep. And in, uh, as I go to sleep, I'm, I, I have an encounter. And a man, a middle-aged man comes up to me in my dream. And, I, and he says, Bob Jones is ready to meet with you now. I never wow. met Bob Jones ever in my life. Never even had uh, heard, you know, really him speak or anything. Heard some some videos. I think uh, uh, the the story of the Kansas City House of Prayer. But this man says Bob Jones is ready to meet with you now. And when my mind began to reason that this man disappears and I'm in front of Bob Jones, and Bob Jones, he looks like he's 20 years old. And he's radiant with the glory of God. And he says, your name is Darian Somerville with perfect enunciation. And I say, you look exactly like how I saw you in my dream. Because I had a dream earlier that year. This is in November. Earlier that January, I had a dream that I met Bob Jones and he looked like he was 20 years old. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, Please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. 
and the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media presencepioneers.org to sign up today. And so I said, you look exactly like how I saw you in my dream. And he says, and you have been asking to be taken up. And all of a sudden I, I go to a place. It's not long. It's no longer a dream. I go to a heavenly place and uh, some things happened that were remarkable. The next morning, I get called into a meeting with the host of the ministry, says, hey, I want to introduce you to someone. And it's uh, this young man who had an amazing story. He's telling his story. He had an amazing story about two disciples that he had that were um, uh, become his disciples. And a drunk driver crosses the median and kills these two disciples, puts them in a coma. In the middle of him telling the story, he says, hey, I'm, getting a pre- I'm getting an impression from the Lord. He says, the Lord wants me to ask you, where is your watch? Now, mind you, this is right before, this is right after I had this encounter with the Lord, which I I haven't even told you all that story. And I didn't know what he's talking about. I said, where is your watch? And um, I kind of put that on the the shelf. Fast forward six months later, I'm doing leading a worship uh, conference with Lou Engel and Matt Lockett. It's Matt Lockett's J-Hops. It's his conference that he's having in D.C., you know, all these guys there. I'm leading worship for it. The third night, a man comes up to me. He says, I was disobedient the first night, but I asked the Lord. I prayed that he'd give me another opportunity, and he, and, he, and he has. And he says, the Lord told me that I was to give you something. And he rolls up his sleeve, and he hands me a watch. As he's handing me the watch, the person that, that uh, asked me where my watch was, Six months earlier, I invited him to that conference. He walked out at the same time. And I said, amazing. hey, I said, I think this is the watch you're talking about. And that's how the watch story became the precipice of me starting the Moravian watch. And Matthew, we began to get pray and intercede about what was the significance of the watch. Uh, at that time, I was in Kansas. I was in St. Louis with my friends, Jeff and Tammy Rittering. Um, we were meeting with uh, Lou Engel. I'm always, I was always meeting with Lou Engel. Just, just, we were tribesmen. And um, we had a, a, an important meeting that we were doing 2013, August the 8th, the 7th through the 12th. And um, what happens is, is that uh, we begin to connect the dots that the Moravians <laughs> 300 years early had met August the 7th or the 8th through the 12th in Bohemia, Czechoslovakia. Okay. 
Now, we have been doing all of this research, right, about this watch. We found out that Joseph Belova, which was a Belova watch, was from Bohemia, Czechoslovakia. But at that time, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't make the connections. And um, man, to make a long story short, uh, I, I had an, oh, I started having these dreams. When I had that encounter, that heavenly experience, I started having open visions. And I had an open vision and I saw the map of the United States. And at the center of this map, I had never even uttered these words before. I saw what these words had said, Moravian lampstand. I wow. had to go, I had to go look it up. Yeah. People started doing research. I, I started putting it out to my intercessors and they find out that it was a, they find a map of the United States. And at the center of this map, the watch company did an ad in 1929. It was called Belova Runs on America Time. And it's the same vision that I have of the United States and the Moravian lampstand. And so Dean Briggs, who now is, uh, he's like part of the senior leadership team at IHOPKC, he's like, Darian, maybe there's a connection with the actual storyline of the Belova watch and what God is maybe wanting you to do with prayer. So we started doing research and we learned that the Belova, the, 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 the company, were just, they were little watches that they wore. And so God says, I want you guys to focus on the little watches. And then, of course, Lou Engel, he says, hey, the new little, the new big is small. And he yeah. says, maybe God is wanting, daring you to start a prayer movement. I was like, no, God is not wanting me to start, start no prayer movement. I, I promise <laughs> you. And, but we began to find out that the watch company, they were the most, they had the most accurate timekeeping technology at that time to the point where NASA began to use it. Um, the military begin to use it. The Olympics begin to use it. The president of the United States. And so they were the most accurate timekeeping technology. And so what we find out that this little watch company, Matt, they, um, they actually birthed our first radio commercial ad in the United States. The, the wow. first recognized radio commercial ad. And you know what they would do? At wow. 8 p.m., they would run a commercial ad and they would say America runs on below the watch time. And the reason they did that was because all of the other watches didn't, could not keep the right timing. And right. so it may be, if it was eight o'clock, theirs may have said 7.55 or theirs may have said 8.05, but theirs kept the time right on. And it was amazing because the guy who gave me the watch, he took it off his wrist. He says, no, Lord want me to tell you, you're going to know what time it is. And then this little watch company becomes the first company to run the, the nation's first TV commercial ad. And what they do is they would put this map on the screen, <laughs> on the TV of the United States of America. And at the center, they put a clock and it says America runs on below the time. And God began to speak to us that the Lord was going to put prayer. He was going to put watches, night watches in particular, that they would become recognized in America's household as household items, just like the TV and radios in the 1920s became household fixtures. God was saying, I'm gonna make night watch and prayer in the holy things household fixtures once again. The night watch will be a household fixture once again. And all I want you to do is start with two or three. And brother, we begin to get stirred. 
we begin to get stirred. And so as we continue to do research, you know how those prophetic people do, um, right. we begin to connect the dots, man. We, uh, we started to go deeper into the story of the watch, and we find out that the uh, Belobas, they did, a, they did a, a contest. And what they did was to try to, to grow their company. Come on, man. What they did was they did a contest, and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing contests right now, and I feel like the Lord says there's going to be a spiritual contest that he's going to issue even to the house of prayer in 2020. It's going to be a spiritual contest that the leaders are going to understand how to grow, how to fan the flame of their, of their networks, of their prayer, uh, the prayer oversight, the strategies. It's going to be done by these spiritual contests. I'm just wow. releasing that at no extra charge. Come on. But there, they, there was a contest that the Belova company did, and they what they did was they said, whoever does the first long-distance flight from New York to Paris, they would get $1,000. All they needed to do was promote our watch company. And so pilots were dying in this, doing this contest. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, though, Charles Lindbergh, he finds out he's intrigued by this little watch company. He takes the dare does the first transatlantic flight from New York to Paris, promotes it in this little watch company that could hardly sell anything. They had gotten traction through the radio commercial ads, through the TV commercial ads. They sell 300 watches in, over the weekend, which is a big deal for them. It may have been 3,000, I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. God began to speak to us, Darian, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be the night watches, the ones who pray long into the night. And, uh, and I'll, I'll kind of like close it with this. Matt, we were amazed and stunned that we were holding this meeting at the Gateway House of Prayer in St. Louis, Missouri. Guess what street we were on? What street? Lindbergh Boulevard. Come on. <laughs> Guess what airport we flew into? What airport? Lindbergh Airport, Charles E. Lindbergh Airport in St. Louis. Yeah. Mike Bickle started, Mike Bickle was the pastor at that house of prayer before it was a house of prayer in St. Louis. It was where he received the word to go move to Kansas City right at that place. It was the genesis right. of prayer. Lou Engel, he flew from Pasadena to the Gateway House of Prayer to St. Louis. And it was there where the Lord says, you are St. Louis to me. And he did it. And he says, and he was doing his first long distance Jesus fast for 40 days. And so God began to speak to us. What if the Lord was saying that he would want to use technology to, to bring accuracy, to bring unity to prayer? And so Dean Briggs combined this great, you know, just architecture of, you know, combining using video conference technology with prayer so that we can have interconnected prayer communities and so that we would be a modern Moravian prayer expressor where we would just petition the Lord, just the twos and threes, two by two, hour by hour for 24 seven. Cause we know the Moravians, what did they do? God breathed on that community in the early 1727 and the spirit of God comes. And for 100 years, they pray unending, unceasing prayer. And what happens? One person would come, to pray with one another person, their prayer points be become the intercessions, and their 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 uh, 
for the for the next people that were relieved them, and it went on and on and on and on. And that's what the M watch, the Moravian watch, is that we're a modern Moravian prayer expression. And what I tell people all the time is that God gave us a work permit. It's not something that I ever would have signed up for to do. We've yeah, been doing it for seven years, man. Seven years. That's amazing. Yeah, I think right as you were launching, I think is when I first met you, and this was all stirring. And uh, it's amazing. Obviously, God is is all in the middle of that. When when God gave me the phrase presence pioneers, uh, he spoke to me through Psalm 132, 133, 134. And he said, he said, get those who have Psalm 132 in their hearts, get them in Psalm 133 unity to see Psalm 134. And so I believe that, that that's a key point. And I even believe I think I heard you talk about Psalm 132, 133. I was going to say I preached on that. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think that was along the journey after God had spoken to me, I, I kept hearing that pop up. And I think you were one of the people I heard it shared from. So so this is on the Lord's heart. Um, if, if people want to participate in the Moravian Watch, what does that look like? How do they do that? It really, we have a very simple on-ramping process. They would go to mwatch.org. And all of our, what our, what our Moravian uh, expression looks like, our modern Moravian expression, we pray for one hour. The first couple of minutes is just a, 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 a meet and greet to really get a sense of what the Holy Spirit may be emphasizing. And then the next five to 10 minutes, we welcome the Holy Spirit. We pray in the Spirit. We make no bones about it that we're a Spirit-filled uh, uh, you know, uh, ministry. And three minutes is where we contend in prayer. We don't try to preach. We don't tell you to bring your prophecies. Don't bring the donkey. Don't bring the, uh, you know, the elephant. Bring the lamb into the, to the prayer time. And then we reserve the last five or ten minutes for personal prayers, anything that we could do to watch one another in the word and of encouragement. And uh, it's really a place to, uh, it's an upper room experience because you're actually seeing one another in a place of prayer. Yeah, that's amazing. We, we're going to link to that in the show notes and just encourage people to check that out. Hey, would you mind, uh, would you mind just praying over us, anybody that hears this, that just that God would it just release grace for people to pray through the night? Yes, Father, I just thank you, Lord. Um, my, one of my favorite verses, Lord, is Isaiah 56, uh, verses 6 and 7. The Word of God says that, Lord, uh, even foreigners, you would bring them to your holy mountain and you would make them joyful in your house of prayer. You said, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Father, I pray for those who want to go deep into your heart. I'm asking you, Lord, that you just release a grace to pray for one hour. Lord, I pray for presence pioneers, pray for Matthew. God, in all of the things that he's doing, God, I pray that there just be an expansion, Lord God, of, of this ministry reaching uh, the nation and nations of the earth. And for anyone who's hearing this podcast, God, I pray that you that the invitations of God, they come from you. The invitations, Lord, of ministry, it comes from God. Lord, if they are hearing this, let them know that you're the one who sets uh, us on the wall of intercession and let them respond, Lord, in an excellent way. I bless this ministry and I bless the hearer uh, of this podcast in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Cool. Darian, so thankful for you. Appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, man. It was great. Absolutely. Absolutely.